Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos Hagadol. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Oh, no, no, no. 
מלחמות קשות, רדיפות כואבות, בכל זמן, בכל מקום. עברנו את פרעה, נעבור גם את זה. עלילות שקרים, צוררים קשים, שרוצים רק להרוס. עברנו את פרעה, נעבור גם את זה. אז נצא כולנו יחד לחובות העיר, ניקח אוויר וניצח. Thank <laughs> you. 
Shabbos Kodesh, Shabbos Kodesh. You the left prepare for Shabbos Kodesh. Joy is in the air for Shabbos Kodesh. Everyone with a soul aflame to meet the Shabbos Kodesh. Everyone with a role to play to greet the Shabbos Kodesh. A priceless gift, a spiritual lift. Everyone finds a way to assist. Do whatever they can do for the Shabbos Kodesh. A pleasure for the Jew is a Shabbos Kodesh.
shamayim yesh armon Ve'hamelech yoshev lo bifnim Malachim misvivo ve'hashad na'ul Ve'yodeya kitzad nikhnasim Nisinu ve'elef drachim Tumahot rabot ve'tachanunim Ut'filot chazakot sh'yotzot me'halel Ve'adayin lo matzlichim יש לנו דרך, דרך אחת שאנחנו עוד לא מנסים. הייתים כל עם כל ישראל יושיטו ידיים זה לזה. הצטרפו הידיים, הצטרפו הידיים.
שמיים יש ארמון, והמלך ובניו שמחים, כולנו עומדים יד ביד כמו אחים. כן, אנחנו בפנים. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, with Avremel. That's Avram Fried. Zella Zez, the name of that one. By request off our app from the album entitled Kamatov. You heard, uh, by the way, Avremel's going to be Monday night, Cholomoid, in um, the King's Theater in Brooklyn with Mordechai Shapiro in Miami. That's going to be quite a show. I'll see you there. I will be there that night. Hope to see everyone there. Monday night, Cholomoid. First time I'll be... Uh, on stage at the King's Theater. Looking forward to it. Benny Friedman, Joy is in the Air, off the B'nai Hechala album. Benny's going to be with us uh, Tuesday, Cholamoid, at uh, Six Flags with New Jersey NCSY. Uh, go to um, ncsygreatadventure.com, ncsygreatadventure.com. Again, the uh, concert is uh, 4 p.m. on Tuesday in the Six Flags down in Jackson, New Jersey. And anybody out there who wants to contribute tickets to the um, Cholomoid Fund that New Jersey NCSY has for underprivileged families who are not able generally to um, get to Cholomoid activities, if you want to send them to Six Flags, which, again, I've explained a million times why it's a great idea, uh, ncsygreatadventure.com. Get information from the website, speak to them in the office, and just make a generous donation. They will send kids and families uh, down to Six Flags for Cholomoid. If you are in a position where you're able to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on Cholomoid activities without any problem, then God bless you, and may you uh, be able to pass some of that on to those who are in need. Um, Simcha Liner had Merakade and Navar. You heard Shalshelis with Yibun Eshlom Kalbach's Adir Hu, Lois Avosenu, that Haggadah classic from the Diaspora Yeshiva Band, and of course Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. So much to talk about as we hear uh, on a on a as we are here on a Friday morning erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. It is erev Shabbos Hagadol. Believe it or not, yeah. Next Friday night, Pesach, a week from tonight, the Pesach Seder. It's pretty amazing. And to those of you out there who are. Um, who are getting ready for another week, a final week of Pesach preparations between the cleaning and the car washing and the purchasing and the shopping and the schlepping and the shelving and the <laughs> everything, everything else you got to do. Make sure to keep us on in the background, the NSN app, NahumSiegel.com, whatever method you use to listen, keep us on all through the day, every single day. We are the soundtrack for Pesach preparations, that's for sure. Friday morning on this March 23rd, the 7th of Nisan. By the way, daylight saving time has begun in Israel, which means we're back to a seven-hour difference. Keep that in mind. East coast of the U.S., seven-hour difference with Israel. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Tzav, Erev Shabbos Hagadol, candle lighting 651 on this Erev Shabbos, 651 in the New York area. Weekly update with Malcolm Honeline coming up at 740 Eastern time here. At JM in the AM. Um, yesterday, had an amazing day at Seasons in Clifton, New Jersey. My thanks to Solomon, the manager, and his really, really friendly and nice staff. He's got a great staff over there. 
Seasons in Clifton, New Jersey. I declared it yesterday. I'm not 100% sure I'm right, but I'm 99% sure I'm right. It is the largest kosher supermarket in the United States of America. Yeah, we believe that. In fact, if, if you'd argue that there's another larger supermarket, when it comes to Pesach, because of how they handle it at Seasons in Clifton, they are certainly the largest kosher supermarket in all of the United States. So a big shout-out to everybody in Clifton, New Jersey. It was great seeing you there yesterday. A lot of great people came over to us. And uh, just a wonderful and uh, incredible uh, celebration uh, of of Pesach with our friends from Kedem and our friends from Kosher.com, our friends from Shab LED, the uh, new Shabbos lamp. Gave out some of those yesterday. So a big shout-out to everybody over at um, Seasons in Clifton, New Jersey, and I thank you. And a big thank you to uh, Svee Bloom and to Mayor Gold. They encouraged us to go to Clifton and do a show, and boy, were they right. Boy, were they right. Perfect opportunity to get out there. Um, oh, and I have to give a special thank you not only to Miriam L. Wallach, who served as my co-host and produced the show. Got to give a special shout-out to Yoni Pollock. He was under... Under, under the weather. <laughs> he gets three unders. That's how sick he was. And he came out to engineer the show and did quite a job, to say the least. So his help is tremendously appreciated. Came through in the clutch, to say the least, and I thank him very, very much. Yeah, the show must go on, and he certainly is a, uh, he, he's somebody who you can count on to adhere to that old adage. It may be old or classic, but it's certainly uh, it's certainly uh, fresh and new to us. That's for sure. Hey, Bakery Guy is on the app. Bakery Guy says he loves bonus uh, JM. He feels like he won something. That's cool. Thank you, Bakery Guy. He also says it would be my honor to drop off some fresh hot pastries at some point. Hmm. Now, Monday morning, we've got the Erev Pesach show. That's right. The Pesach products program is this coming Monday. Maybe that's the perfect time for him to drop off some delicious pastries for our guests. We're going to have a full panel in studio here on Grand Street on Monday, including Rabbi Schoenfeld, Rabbi Gersten, Ronnie and Larry Birnbaum of uh, J Drugs, Rabbi uh, Schoenfeld and Rabbi Gersten, of course, of the OU. Jay Booksbaum will be visiting us from Kedem Wine Corporation. It was great having him and Gabe Geller on yesterday from the uh, show in Clifton. Um... So, yeah, I mean, we have a uh, a golden opportunity on Monday to uh, really have an amazing uh, pre-Pesach show. A lot of people out there uh, rely on the pre-Pesach show to ask questions and get answers about what they need to know for the upcoming holiday. By the way, um, if you want to email, a lot of people have already done this, if you want to email questions in advance, nachum at nachumsegal.com. Nachum, N-A-C-H-U-M, at Nachum Siegel, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L dot com. And you can uh, email and um, and get those questions asked during the show on Monday. So Monday's our Pesach product show. Thank you to the OU. Thank you to J Drugs. Thank you to Kedem. Everybody who's participating, it's much appreciated, believe you me. By the way, I found out some great Pesach news. Bedford-on-Park will be opened will be open on Pesach, Monday, excuse me, yeah, Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Cholomoid, even Thursday, Cholomoid, until lunch. And they're going to transition to Pesach mode sometime this week. They have a hard deadline. I forgot exactly when it was. 
They have a hard deadline for the transition, and then they'll start uh, cooking for Pesach at Bedford-on-Park, corner of uh, Park Avenue and 34th Street in New York City. And uh, so, right, they'll they'll cook up a storm for Pesach, and then they will uh, uh, be there for you, Cholamoid, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and part of Thursday. And, of course, to get back to normal this Sunday after Pesach. So Bedford-on-Park, and by the way, they have the uh, tuna tataki, they have the sweet and sour tongue, they have a maple glazed lamb bacon, they have the Swedish meatballs, they got everything that, that we've been recommending, the lamb burger they got for Pesach, delicious soups, um, wonderful salads, they've got the eye of rib, they've got the bone-in ribeye, the hanger steak, the cowboy prime, they have all of these available for Pesach. So Bedford-on-Park, 34th Street, Park Avenue, New York City, lunch and dinner. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, Chol Hamoed. And we'll try to find out exactly what day they transition from Chametz to Pesach during the upcoming week and give that information to you here at JM in the AM. All right, so a lot of stuff going on, lots of stuff going on. I told you that we will be uh, Monday night, Chol Hamoed, with Miami at the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York. That'll include Mordechai Shapiro and Avramo, Avram Fried. I mentioned that Tuesday, Cholamoid will be down at the Six Flags with Benny Friedman. That's a 4 p.m. concert. Looking forward to that. So we've got a a busy Cholamoid and uh, lots of stuff to do, plenty of people to meet, and I hope you'll be among them. I hope we get to bump into each other during the uh, upcoming holiday. That would be wonderful. Malcolm Honline is going to join us. He is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll join us for the weekly update coming up. Uh, yeah, so JM from Teenex says the same thing that everyone else is saying. Is that really true? Seasons is larger than Rockland Kosher in Muncie. It's hard to believe it's true. So I believe. So here's what we're here's how we're qualifying this. We think it is true, but if it's not, I think Pesach time, uh, it's certainly true because of all the additional square feet that they use for their Pesach section. Not even touching the regular supermarket uh, part, meaning at um, at. Uh, seasons in Clifton, New Jersey. So we're going to get up there at some point to Rockland Kosher and check it out. But I believe that what we're saying, especially around Pesach time, is uh, correct. But it certainly did cause a stir yesterday when I made that statement. I can tell you that much. Oh, bakery guy says he just needs an address and he'll be able to deliver on Monday. Let me see if our back end has contact information for the bakery guy. It does. All right. So bakery guy, we will uh, hopefully uh, over the weekend... Get in touch by email, and uh, it would be wonderful to welcome you here. This is going to be one packed studio. We have a small studio. I don't know how many of you have seen the main studio uh, during the Facebook Live uh, sessions. You see it. Uh, we have a relatively uh, small studio um, here in the New York City. I mean, like everything in New York City, it's pretty compact. And uh, we're going to have a big panel here. We'll have five people around the uh, console table. I'll have an assistant who's going to be next to me. We'll have Yoni Pollock who's going to be Facebook living. I mean, we are going to have uh, quite a crowd this coming Monday in the studio here at JM and the AM. So we're looking forward to the Pesach products program. Should be fun, interesting, and certainly informative for our community. For uh, 16 minutes before 7 o'clock, good morning. It's JM in the AM.
JM in the AM. Good one. That's from Leviathan. Draw ye cry here at JM in the AM. Uh, before that one, you heard the uh, Yerachmiel Begun Miami selection, Dayenu. Amram Adar with Yismach. Avremo had Zelazed. It is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Want to thank those who've already sent in questions for Monday's Pesach Products program. Monday, 7.30, get ready. It'll be Pesach Products all through the morning. We're getting ready. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next to Jamie. בדרום צרפת אדם חמוש פתח בירי לעבר שוטרים והוא מתבצר בסופרמרקט. באולפן כתבנו נתנאל דרשן. על פי דיווחים בצרפת חמוש פתח בירי במרקול בעיירת רב סמוך לטולוז וככל נראה פצע שוטר. החוטף נשבע אמונים לדעש כך על פי דיווח ב-AFP. אנחנו כמובן נמשיך ונעדכן במידת הצורך. המאבק על עזה, ראש הרשות הפלסטינית אבו מאזן מתכוון להפעיל את הרצועה, כתבנו ג'קי חוגי. אבו מאזן הודיע לחמאס כי בכוונתו להטיל סדרת מגבלות כלכליות, בראשן הפסקה מוחלטת של מימון החשמל והמים, והקפאת השכר לעשרות אלפי עובדי ממשל. משמעות הדבר היא קריסה הומניטרית וכלכלית מהירה של הרצועה. גורמים בינלאומיים הזהירו את אבו מאזן מנקיטת הצעדים האלו ואמרו, איתך או בלעדיך נציל את הרצועה. המשטרה עצרה חשוד במעורבות בתאונת פגע וברח בחולון, כתבתנו פיי גוטמן. בתאונה שאירעה ביום שלישי פגע אופנוע בהולך רגל בשנות החמישים לחייו שעבר בשולי הדרך. שני רוכבי האופנוע נמלטו מהמקום מבלי לסייע לפצוע שנפגע באורח אנוש. בתום החקירה נעצרו השניים, והבוקר הובא חשוד נוסף לתחנת המשטרה. מעצרם של שלושת המעורבים הוארך עד השבוע הבא. מאות מפגינים בשעה זו בכיכר רבין במסגרת המאבק להרחקת אסדת הגז לוויתן מחוף דור. אנחנו בעד הקריאה של הגז. הבעיה שלנו היא שאנחנו רוצים שזה ייעשה על פי הבאר במרחק 120 קילומטר מהחוף, כמו שזה נעשה בכל העולם. משום מה החליטו להקים את האסדה במרחק 8 קילומטרים מהחוף. ובחוץ חם חם מאוד, חזאי גלי צה"ל ניר רחמים עם התחזית המלאה. מזג האוויר יעשה שרבי בכל רחבי הארץ עם טמפרטורות גבוהות במיוחד. במישור החוף היום טמפרטורה של עד 35 מעלות, בירושלים 31, בבאר שבע 38 ובאילת עד 35 מעלות. משעות הצהריים תורגש גם התחזקות בעוצמת הרוחות וייתכן אורך קל במרכז ובדרום. מחר מגמת התקררות. מזג האוויר יהיה מעונן חלקית עם ירידה ניכרת בטמפרטורות שתחזורנה להיות רגילות לעונה. בנוסף גם ייתכן טפטוף עד גשם קל, בעיקר במרכז ובצפון. ביום ראשון ובתחילת השבוע הבא, האוויר מתחמם בהדרגה. ואלה זמני כניסת השבת, שבת הגדול, פרשת צו בירושלים. השבת תיכנס בשעה 6:17 דקות, בתל אביב ב-6:32, בחיפה ב-6:23 דקות, ובבאר שבע, ובבאר שבע השבת תיכנס ב-6:34 דקות, וזמני צאת השבת בירושלים בשעה 7:30, בתל אביב 7:32 דקות, בחיפה ב-7:31, ובבאר שבע. השבת תצא בשעה 7:32. שבת שלום לכם. אלה החדשות שערך דן דובין, בצוות איתיאל דינר וניב בן אלי.
JM in the AM. There we go. Yeah, hey, Rava, that's done by uh, Eitan Katz. Um, where are we here? Yeah, hey, Rava, done by Eitan Katz here at JM in the AM. Where's my list of music? There we go. Avi Peretz opened up the hour with Sheer Dabeiri. Quarter after seven. Good morning. Want to take an opportunity here and wish a very special Mazel Tov to the Joseph and Dabrinsky families. Last night, I had the privilege, really a privilege, uh, to play a very, very small part in the Simchas Chassan Rekala uh, with the Aaron Tadabam Orchestra, who was just amazing with Yisrael Lamb conducting and Ohad doing the lead singing and the Yedidim Choir. They were phenomenal. Aaron Tadabam, as usual, doing an amazing job. Big shout-out to Baba. Big shout-out to, um, to Yankee Khan. Really a great, great job. Anyway... It is. It's always special when you know when you know you know people at the wedding where you've uh, you know where you where you are to work with the band. Uh, but when you know both families, it makes it so much more extra special. It was just amazing. So a very very special Mazel Tov to Razy Joseph, to a Judah Max Dabrinsky, to the entire extended Joseph and Dabrinsky families. Two families that I know for a long long time, uh, and we say Mazel Tov from all of us here at. JM in the AM it was an absolutely beautiful wedding at Terrace in the Park last night and an absolute privilege to be part of it. So a big, big mazel tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Erev Shabbos Haigadol here on a Friday, candle lighting at 6.51. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Had an amazing show yesterday, a live lunch from Seasons in Clifton, New Jersey. Want to say hi to manager Solomon and his great staff at Seasons. It was really a wonderful visit, and they have an incredible store. They really have an incredible store, I must say. You, you got you to gotta check out just their Pesach section. Their Pesach section is larger than most supermarkets. Really amazing what they've done with the place. So a, a very, very big uh, uh, hello to them on this Friday morning as they get set for the final week before Pesach, the final big push. A lot of uh, shopping, a lot of uh, unpacking, a lot of um, uh, shelving, a lot of uh, car cleaning will all be happening this coming week. Make sure you keep the NSN, Nahum Single Network app on so we can be your soundtrack for Pesach cleaning and Pesach preparations. That would be the way to do it. This way you'll be, uh, you'll be entertained, you'll be informed, and uh, the time will just fly by all the time you're spending on Pesach uh, preparations. By the way, our friends at Bedford-on-Park, 61 East 34th Street, will be open Cholomoid. Bedford-on-Park will be open Cholomoid with most of their signature dishes, which is even cooler. Uh, so keep that in mind, everybody. Today is Friday. Malcolm Holmline is going to join us uh, just about a half hour from now. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow night, Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami featuring Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. Again, Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami tomorrow night. JM Sunday with Matis starts at 7 a.m. Sunday morning. And this coming Monday, it's the pre-Pesach show. Our Pesach products program is this coming Monday here at JM in the AM with Rabbi Yoel Schoenfeld, Rabbi Ellie Gersten, uh, Ronnie and Larry Birnbaum of J Drugs, the rabbis, of course, from the OU, um, uh, J Drugs, uh, J Booksbaum of Kedem Wine Corporation, all will be part of our Erev Pesach Monday show. We call it the Pesach Products Program. If you want to get us a question in advance, and a lot of people already have done this, if you want to get a question to us in advance, uh, Nahum at NahumSiegel.com. Nahum, N-A-C-H-U-M, at NahumSiegel, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L.com. That's how you get us 
um, a question in advance of this coming Monday morning. It's going to be a packed studio here. It's really going to be a packed studio here. <laughs> a lot of people will be Facebook living. Yes, the whole thing will be on Facebook Live. You can actually see this whole thing happen. So it's going to be a cool Monday morning. So get ready. Pesach Products program on Monday here at JM in the AM. All right, we continue with Mordechai Shapiro. More coming up at JM in the AM. Hashem Eleh, Hashem Eloh, Hashem Imloch, Liyolam Moed. Hashem Eleh, Hashem Eloh, His boy and climbed up the corporate ladder. He made a buck, a bit of luck. Everything fit in the pattern. The wife and kids, the house they lived. They were so proud he'd arranged it. He said his goal, he's in control. But he'd forgotten the main thing. Yes, he'd forgotten the main thing. Go by, 
we live our lives. But how often do we remember someone up there is taking care, and we are his children forever? The world is blind. We need to find the meaning that hides in the chaos. Heroes sublime, His name divine, a loving Creator who made us, a loving Creator who made us. I'm cold, I'm cold,
couple of great ones from Mordechai Shapiro. Nigun Simcha and Hashem Melech, both off Machar here at JM and the AM. By the way, don't forget Mordechai Shapiro is part of that big event with um, with Avremel and Miami. I have the information here somewhere. Give me a second. Um, what did I do with it? Here we go. They're calling it Miami Freed and Shapiro with guest conductor Yuval Stupa at the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Flatbush Avenue, Monday Night Colomoid. I plan on being there. It'll be the first time on the King's Theater stage. And after that close to $100 million renovation, I am very, very excited about being on that stage. Uh, and it's going to be a great event. Miami, my, uh, Miami, Avremo, and uh, Mordechai Shapiro. Information about all of this, uh, 718-419-6080. 718-419-6080. Or just go to jewishtickets.com. Go to jewishtickets.com. And all the info is there. We'll have, uh, we'll have all the Suki and Ding uh, information for next week. I do remind you that on Tuesday... Cholamoid will be with NCSY down at Six Flags. Benny Friedman will be performing at 4 p.m. That's on Tuesday. Tuesday's the big New Jersey NCSY Six Flags day. They'll also be there Monday and Wednesday, but Tuesday is the big day. Um, so that'll be happening at 4 p.m. with Benny Friedman. Looking forward to seeing everybody down there. And um, it should be a lot of fun. It should be a lot of fun. I want to take this opportunity and thank our friends at Uden's Appliances, Udensappliances.com. They are extremely busy this week, as you can imagine. Those who lease cars and those who sell appliances are very busy this week as people want their new car before Pesach and as people want their new appliances before Pesach. So a big shout-out to the staff at Uden's Appliances in Wyckoff, New Jersey, and in Passaic, New Jersey, as they continue to march toward Pesach with a lot of brand-new appliances for a lot of wonderful people in our community. By the way, speaking of the Passaic area, Clifton, New Jersey yesterday, our broadcast from Seasons was amazing. Thank you to uh, their managers, Solomon, and their entire staff for their hospitality. It was great being there with Jay Booksbaum and Gabe Geller. It was great being there with um, Leah Gottheim from kosher.com. It was great being there with my staff. A big thank you to Miriam L. Wallach. A big thank you to Yoni Pollock, Yoni Pollock was there with, with fever, really, really under the weather, and nonetheless did a great job engineering the show, which we very, very much appreciate it. So um, a very, very special thank you, and really an amazing store. If you haven't been there, you got to check it out. Just an amazing, amazing store at Seasons in Clifton, New Jersey. Allwood Road, that's where it is officially. More coming up. It's JM in the AM with Yaakov Shweki.
ניסים כל הזמן, לא לבכות, הכל לטובה. אסור לך להתייאש, רק תמשיך לבקש, תשמור, תשמור את התקווה. תן חיוך, בן אדם, יש ניסים כל הזמן, לא לבכות, הכל לטובה. אסור לך להתייאש, רק תמשיך לבקש, תשמור, תשמור את התקווה. Sashira has us, 
J.M. in the A.M. Malcolm Holmline is going to join us. He's executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll join us coming up here at J.M. in the A.M. with a weekly update. Um, that was the um, Az Yashir, one of my favorite Pesach songs, if you will, done by Aryeh, excuse me, done by Aryeh Kunstler. Yaakov Shweki's uh, Ma'amin B'ni Sim. Off of We Are a Miracle. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Tzav, Erev Shabbos Agadol, candle lighting in New York, 651. 651, your candle lighting time in New York City. 36 degrees, mostly cloudy, and a high 47. Yerushalayim is at 83. Wow. A friend of mine just texted me that he went from a uh, blizzard to a heat wave <laughs> going from New York to Tel Aviv. Uh, 83. We're at 36 here. In New York City, as we say good morning at JM. They mazled up again to the Joseph and Dabrinsky families. It was a real honor to be part of the uh, big simcha last night at uh, Terrace on the Park. Big Geshekoch to the Aaron Teitelbaum Orchestra, led by Aaron Teitelbaum and Yisrael Lamb, with a special shout-out to Yankee Khan and to Baba and everybody who makes things possible. And, of course, an extra special shout-out to Ohad, who was amazing as lead singer last night. And to the uh, Joseph and Dabrinsky families, and to Razi and to Judah Max, Mazal Tov to you from all of us here at JM in the AM. Just an absolutely beautiful wedding and an honor, as I say, to be a part of it. And I thank them for that. More coming up, weekly update, and more if you keep it right here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning on this Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos Hagadol. 
uh, here on a Friday. Uh, Israel is now on daylight saving time, so it's uh, back from the Eastern Time Zone where we where we are based. It is a seven hour difference between us and the state of Israel. Back to what we're used to. So keep that in mind. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos with candle lighting in New York at 6.51. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Mostly cloudy with a high of 47. Uh, great weekend programming tomorrow night. Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami with uh, Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. That starts at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Matis with JM Sunday, 7 a.m. Eastern time this coming Sunday, 7 until 9 o'clock. Monday morning, our Pesach products program. It could be the most popular show of the year. When our entire panel from the OU and from J Drugs and from Kedem all gather around to answer your Pesach product questions. Um, you want to get us a question in advance? Nachum at NachumSiegel.com. Nachum, N-A-C-H-U-M, at NachumSiegel, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L.com. I want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. Check out thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world before Shabbos and print them out for Shabbos. Go to jewishworldreview.com. Also, a big thank you to onlysimchas.com. Onlysimchas.com is not only reporting on engagements and weddings and other smachot. They're also reporting great news from around the Jewish world, including a lot, a lot of stuff that we cover on a regular basis here, and we are proud of that association. Onlysimchas.com. Check them out today. Enjoy their news feed on a daily basis. Malcolm Honeline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He joins us Fridays. For the weekly update here at JM and the AM, Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM and the AM. Oh, good morning, and I'm getting closer to Pesach and Shabbos Hagadol. What a great time to uh, to come together and talk about what's happening. You like to raise the anxiety level in the Jewish community, I see, by using the Pesach word one week before the holiday. By the way, next week you're going to be in a different time zone, am I correct? Uh, next week I'll be in a different time zone, so we will not be on. Whoa! So we can't even wake you up early to join us for an era of Pesach weekly update. Well, you are declaring you are declaring a Oh, you'll be on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> you had to ruin my dramatic presentation by telling us you'll be on a plane. So that's the story. It's not that Malcolm wouldn't wake up early, it's that he's going to be inaccessible. So this essentially would be our final weekly update before Passover. That's true. I don't I see so, I see you're not taking it as hard as I am. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think of the new development this week that, uh, according to one public official at least, the weather is controlled by those of the Jewish faith? Yeah, who backed off of uh, what he said, but we've been blamed for everything else and too often for the weather also. So it's, um, you know, it's very disturbing that this is becoming a common mantra and the, the glibness with which people can make comments like that and not feel constrained and not automatically have their better judgment kick in that they wouldn't make an accusation like that. Uh, and I have to say a, a positive word, which I have not done on the air before, about Keith Ellison, Ooh. the first Muslim member of Congress, but at least he disassociated himself publicly from Farrakhan and, of course, denied the associations, et cetera. But, the, right. you know, the the fact that seven members of Congress are pictured with him, a uh, blatant out-and-out anti-Semite, and uh, I expect that the others will find, um, including the one from the New York area, will find it necessary at least to, to if, if they didn't have a relationship, to say so. And um, Ellison said that. Um, but I, I'm troubled by the overall glibness with which today anti-Semitic, bigoted, racist statements can be made 
then, of course, the apology, but the apology doesn't undo the damage that the accusation, even one as ludicrous as that, makes. Yeah, very good point. And by the way, i got to give credit to Miriam Wallach for pointing this out to me. On an even bigger scale, the Global Forum for Combating Anti-Semitism was held this week, and there was criticism by at least one writer. Um, uh, again, a, this is a common complaint, one that you have stated over and over over the years, and that is that, you know, quote-unquote right-wing anti-Semitism, especially political right-wing anti-Semitism, you know, was concentrated on during this conference. But when it comes to Muslim countries, when it comes to PA incitement, there was maybe one session, one mini-session that dealt with that entire topic of anti-Semitism. But there was one major address that did address it, and that was mine. I did speak at that conference at a major session together with Chief Rabbi Britton and the Deputy Foreign Minister, and I spoke about that and the the need to look at left and right that extremism is not important uh, which side it comes from because ultimately when they go far enough they look alike and that uh, we can't look at one at the and not at uh, the totality of the picture and uh, hopefully those the speech will be online and people can listen to it and make their own judgment. You know, it's funny, before you just revealed that, that you were, you know, one of the keynotes, I was I was going to ask you if these uh, anti-Semitism conferences are simply a waste of time. I mean, quite obviously you don't feel that's the case, but in this case, literally, your voice balanced out the whole thing. No, it didn't balance. It wasn't necessary to balance out the whole thing because there were many speakers the opening night, um, Naftali Bennett, David Friedman, others uh, happened to be there, and, and Friedman got the e- email in response to an earlier statement he made where Abbas called him a son of a dog. Right. And, uh, you know, was, uh, the, the idea that that came while he was sitting in an anti-Semitism conference. That is funny. It was, uh, you know, the juxtaposition was serious. But I think that there were many speakers who took the issue seriously. There were many government ministers. I think there were, you know, a handful of the justice ministers and people who... who uh, addressed uh, the issue and talked about the dangers of anti-Semitism. It is a growth industry, and I told people, if you want to invest, that's a good area because it's not going away. Yeah, for sure. And the 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 you know the concerns that were expe- expressed covered you know the the all aspects, the political, the media, the the and and the big issue, of course, is cyber hate, which is so pervasive. Pervasive and unfortunately, as we see, almost unpreventable. Exactly. No, no matter how much, no matter how much you block about all the technologies, all the right. abilities that they have, but you know they can circumvent them and they find ways of uh, make you getting onto the internet. And there are thousands and thousands and thousands of these websites that are anti-Semitic and insightful, and we know that the, this kind of incitement leads to violence and to hatred. And we see it in our own country, how many young people are, are affected by uh, things that they see online or, or yeah. indoctrinated by it. Yeah, and the point, of course, is that, you know, while Facebook and Twitter sit at the top of the industry, so they have no choice but to address it. There's, as you just said, thousands of others uh, that are out there doing, uh, you know, terrible things and spreading terrible hate that never get uh, never get checked, never get uh, um, uh, monitored, you know, by and, those. And, and Europe, of course, is worse. You know, in the United States... You still have that latest polls show 64% of the American people pro-Israel, 74% of adults. These are the highest numbers in 17 years and um, as high as, as they've been. Uh, and, of course, sympathy for the Palestinians remains constant. It's, it's uh, uh, about 15% or so or even less. So in Europe, the numbers would be vastly different. This is... Um, 
know, this is a, a, a positive indication. And, of course, we see people like John Bolton coming into the government and it's added to Nikki Haley and Pompeo and Pence and others who are profoundly pro-Israel and pro-Jewish, uh, people who, who have been outspoken in their support. I think it's a... Um, yeah, we have to look at the positive side too. I want to get back to Bolton in a second. One one quick thing about the earlier topic: he did try, or some one of his supporters, meaning Abbas, did try to walk back the Friedman insult, and I thought that ended up insulting him even more. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, they haven't proven to be very graceful at uh, handling these things, and you know, it, and it goes, it fits into a, a, a pattern with Abbas and the. The actions that he's taking now, you know, he's in his mid-80s. It's a long past time for him to step down and to to allow other leadership because he's he's denying Palestinians the opportunity. He's refusing to engage in the process that Israel has initiated. He's at war with Gaza, talking about new sanctions against the, the people of Gaza. He's uh, alienated much of the Arab leadership by his uh, behavior, and I think it's subject that MBS uh, of Saudi Arabia is discussing with the president, but they are equally frustrated by his uh, his attitudes and his willingness to flirt with um, very hostile and, and dangerous elements. Mm. All right, now tell us what you think of the uh, appointment of the new national security advisor, John Bolton. No, I think it just did. He is an old friend of mine. He's an, an amazing guy. He's... Um, I think that he has uh, he will bring uh, an important perspective. You don't have to agree with him on everything to recognize how smart he is, how his, his understanding of uh, international affairs. When he was ambassador at the UN, he was a terrific friend and outspoken, courageous in the style of Nikki Haley. So I think you're seeing a, a tremendous team on foreign policy uh, issues uh, being formed. Um, it's interesting that his name has been in the hopper really since November of 2016, since the election, since election night, and it took till now for him to join the administration. Did you think that this would be the position for him? Because there were people who thought he would be Secretary of State, right? Wasn't he? Uh, wasn't he touted for that at some point? Was he on the short list at some point for Secretary of State? Yes. And and is it surprising to you that it took this long for him to get in? Like, why would it take this long for someone like that who seems like a natural for this administration? Uh, I don't really know. You know, this is the third national security advisor. We had expected him to be the first, right. or many people expected him to be the first. Some said because of his mustache he didn't get it, but I don't think that that was the inhibiting factor. I do think that the um, uh, that you know he had problems getting confirmed by the Senate when he was the UN ambassador, and, and President Bush did it as a vacation appointment. Um, and so I think that uh, maybe there was some concern with that, uh, about mm. the ease with which he would get the confirmation. Mm. There are people who think that he will be Secretary of State if there's a second administration, but right now uh, he will have a very important uh, job, and he will have the president's ear more than the secretary, in fact, I think, uh, Secretary of State does. Right. And, uh, I, 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 and when you have this kind of coherence in terms of attitude amongst at least the four, and uh, these are the key people in foreign policy, that will be uh, uh, very beneficial. Do you think it's my mustache that's preventing me from getting a cabinet position? 
Well, you have to have one like him in order to say that it's a prevention. Ah, but got it. Uh, now I understand at least that could be uh, one of the factors. <laughs> uh, you know, it's good to have a variety of opinions out there. But I am a little surprised that some of the "quote unquote" Jewish media or media coming out of Israel that are not that, ha- which are it, to me at least, those who read between the lines, it seems they're not that happy with the Bolton appointment. Well, there are people, you know, obviously, who have ideological differences with him and political differences with him. And, uh, you know, it was true in uh, other appointments in the Obama years, and it's, as it's been with every president, uh, when they make appointments, especially in a sensitive uh, job like this. And um, and Bolton is somebody who's very outspoken. He, he doesn't hide. He doesn't uh, use euphemisms. He says what he believes, and that obviously, you know, incites some people, yeah. anger right. some people. Before we get to the topic that everybody wants us to discuss this morning, let me ask you about Vladimir Putin. No surprise about his victory in Russia, I mean, there there are those who are accusing him of making sure any worthy opponent would not be able to get into the race. Uh, you know, I guess what we would call some type of election tampering. How do you evaluate what happened in Russia this week? Well, Russia is still Russia, and uh, but you know, he had an overwhelming victory, something everybody expected. You, you have criticisms that he arrested the the um, some of the opposition. Uh, you know, there was this controversy over his remarks about uh, who was responsible for the interference in U.S. election, and he said the Ukrainian Tartars, maybe Jews, were behind it. It seemed to have been a facetious comment, and many some people reacted and you know accused him of anti-Semitism. When in fact, he has a very close relationship with the Jewish community there. That statement was not acceptable, and we still hope he will clarify. But some uh, people there did, you know, make it clear that <coughs> he was just uh, throwing it out as a facetious comment. And the, uh, um, you know, they've, they've arrested a lot of people that one can't say that there's a, a true democracy there right now. Oh, so that's my question. You're a political scientist. What is it? Is it based on the way this election went this week? Is it a totalitarian nation? Is it would you would you classify it as something less harsh than that? Like what is it at this point? If essentially he controlled his own destiny, and was able to win in a quote unquote win in a landslide. Um, we call it Russia. That's the way it is there, huh? That's Simple it. as that. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. <clears throat> Excuse me. Around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Honeline is with us. I don't usually concentrate on your schedule in the middle of our conversation, but I do want to point out that the next time we'll speak will be Friday the 13th of April. Your intention, I think this is public information, I hope I'm not wrong, you will be with March of the Living this year? I will be. Uh, which, me- which means you leave right after Pesach, year, correct? So I will be there in Poland uh, that Friday. Which means you leave right after Pesach? Um, a day or two after Pesach. And we and uh, will hopefully, as we've done in the past, We'll hopefully have an opportunity to speak with you that day, the 13th right. of April, from Poland itself. And that'll be. Hashem, we th- hope so. And you will join them as well as they head on to Israel from there? I will be going on to Israel for the 70th anniversary, <laughs> and we have some exciting people coming. We have various missions that will be in Israel during that week. So I think it'll be very exciting, and we'll be happy to report to you. Even then, if God willing, if we get back in time, we are 26 days away from our Israel at 70 celebration. We are 26 days away. We're actually putting together our final plans for our celebration. It's going to be something big and huge, of course, on that Thursday, the fourth of ER this year. But something happened yesterday, Malcolm. I just want to point out uh, when we spoke with Dina Rabhan from Jerusalem U on the air from Israel yesterday. There are projects going on 
to use the Israel 70 as an opportunity to show appreciation for Israeli soldiers, those who have fallen, those who are injured, families have gone through what they've gone through because of those injuries and losses over all these decades. I think uh, in addition to me saying that it's 26 days away from Israel 70, I should also say it's 25 days away from Memorial Day 70. And I know Memorial Day goes way beyond that. You know, it starts officially with the count from the 1880s, but still it's extremely important as we celebrate Israel 70, we remember the day before is going to be Memorial Day 70 as well. So I just wanted to point that out, and I'm sure you wholeheartedly agree. And this November will be the 80th anniversary of Kristallnacht. So when people are thinking ahead, wow. it's a time for a lot of reflection. 70 years of Israel, 80 years since Kristallnacht. And what has happened in the interim? When you talk about anti-Semitism, you question about what does the world learn? When you see a 40% increase in anti-Semitic attacks in Holland, the 420 incidents that in Britain reported of, of uh, terrorism, and only a third of those people have ever really faced criminal charges. But the rise of anti-Semitism all over Europe, and again, it's on my mind so much because of the conference this week, right. but it's, uh, it shows the world li- learns little, and therefore we have to learn, and especially to celebrate Israel 70 and to talk about the importance of having Israel today. I appreciate that. Well said. All right. um, This week we learned from the Israeli perspective of what happened on September the 6th of 2007, uh, taking out the the Syrian nuclear plant. Um, Why now? Why are we now um, privy to this information courtesy of the Israeli government as opposed to any time in the last 10 years? Well, maybe they feel that you know the, that the there's no secrets that are being revealed. Everybody knows that Israel did it, um, but the detail is surprising. And there are people in the military security area in Israel who, who do not appreciate the fact that it was uh, revealed. It may well have been a message to the Russians and Iranians to see that Israel's capability and that any thought of reestablishing such facilities or any facilities will that that will come under uh, a similar attack if if it threatens Israel's uh, security, as you have seen repeatedly over the last couple of years, where Israel took out shipments on the way to Hezbollah or more advanced weapons and missiles, uh, where they could uh, where they could do it. And now, you know, Israel has the F thirty five, the stealth bomber, and uh, the Iranians know that they have the range to go to Iran. Uh, the ones built for Israel have extra fuel capacity. Uh, so perhaps this was uh, a shot across the bow to warn them about uh, about the possibility. And again, to remind people, and especially as negotiations go on with North Korea, that, that we have to take into account and we have to work to assure that North Korea doesn't establish itself. There are reports of shipments of weapons from North Korea into Syria and other efforts. Uh, Iran obviously is... is building up its forces as 80,000 militia there, 60,000 of whom, by the way, were brought into the Iraqi army as as full-fledged soldiers and given uniforms. Um, so they're trying to legitimize these uh, the, the people. But the uh, I, I think that that may have been part of the judgment of the account, uh, accounting that Israel made about allowing this information to come out. All right. Um, so this begs the, excuse me, this begs the obvious question. Let's say, for argument's sake, and you can, and you, and you will correct me if I'm wrong, because you know a lot more about this than any of us. If, for argument's sake, Iranian production is now, or at some point in the last couple of years, was much further along 
than what Syria was up to 10 years ago, one would think, why wouldn't Israel have taken action and done the exact same thing in Iran? Well, first of all, it's far more complicated. Uh, we've discussed this over the years about m- what it would take to, to strike at Iran. Remember, they have the air defense systems. A lot of these facilities are underground. It means you'd have to have search and rescue capacity. It means that uh, you, you, you couldn't just do it by missiles. You would have to have um, fighters, uh, bombers go over uh, Iran. It's a, it's a longer distance. It, it is um, a complicated but not impossible um, uh, raid for, for Israel to carry out. And that is why I made the reference earlier to the F-35s. It's not right. something that's off the drawing board. So it's not off the table, but it would be really, really difficult. It is complicated to do it. Iran has uh, missile defense, and uh, they they put in uh, the, one of the same systems near the Iraqi border, but it was really not for... It's a, it was really meant to be there to, to uh, fend off it. Israeli attack, um, or potential Israeli attack, and this is, um, so it's clearly on, on their minds very much. By the way, was my premise correct, that, that they, in the last few years, at times, have been much further along than Syria was 10 years ago? In terms that of the Iranians? Yeah. Well, we know they have nuclear weapons. Right, they much, nuclear much facilities. further. They got the more and more advanced missiles all the time. And right, that's... The, that's... The, uh, you see that the British, French, and Germans now are trying to work feverishly to address the ballistic missile, the nuclear violations, other things, uh, in order to stave off a U.S. pullout, which I think now with Bolton in may become more likely, or the prospect more likely, because uh, I don't think they're going to reopen it, and I think in the end they won't cancel, but the pressure at least has forced the Europeans to try to come to terms. You know, they have tens of billions of dollars in deals with Iran that they don't want to see um, the sea lost or, or the uh, forced to stop, because if if America pulls out, it means you can't do business with the U.S. if you're doing business with Iran. I get that. Um, but a minute ago we established that the possibility of going into Iran and doing something similar is still on the table. If in fact, if they're that far along in Iran and Israel has never acted against them, should can't we really conclude that at this point, in in realistic terms, it really is off the table, and that Israel would not consider a strike like that because of its complication? Well, I think during the uh, Obama years, there was talk, and and people indicated that the administration let Israel know that they would not assist and they would not. Um, support that kind of a move. Ah, uh, I don't know that that will be the same circumstance. Got it. Now. Okay. Okay. That's the difference. You're right. American assistance. I didn't take that into consideration. Uh, do we know ultimately after this whole report who was responsible for calling for this action against Syria? If it was Ehud Olmert or Ehud Barak? <laughs> what I think is is discomforting is the uh, competition for credit rather than <laughs> focusing on the brilliance of the move, and um, it's really unseeming. And can you explain, and again, excuse my uh, naivete, I'm sure you've seen the videos, I'm sure you've watched some of the interviews with the pilots, etc. Can you explain how they got back? I mean, they they go in, it's a surprise. I know that these guys know a lot more about this than I do. But then you have to leave Syrian airspace at some point. And of course, the Syrians at that point know that they've been attacked in one way, shape, or form. How did they get back to Israel? Uh, Well, they fly back. (laughs) <laughs> uh, it could, you know, they do circuitous routes. They they come in across the Mediterranean. They came in uh, very low at times on some of the raids. I, I don't know. I don't know if we have the full story about how this was actually carried out. It could be that they went via a friendly country on the border of Iran. 
Unbelievable. Syria. Right, understood. Operation was called Outside the Box, September the 6th of 2007. Very interesting. Um, on May 12th, uh, again, the president's going to have to figure out what to do regarding the Iran deal. If the Iran deal is not um, uh, re-upped, then, then, then U.S. sanctions against Iran either, what, escalate or actually get, um, you know, actually get reinstated? Is that how it works? Well, he would reinstate it, but they are looking for new packages of sanctions to to impose on on uh, Syria, banking, oil sector being primary targets. But the um, uh, you know it is complicated as an international agreement. So if U.S. pulls out and Europeans stay in, what does that mean? Does do, do they continue to trade? Do they you know they have as I said tens of billions of dollars in deals at stake. Um, what what is Iran's reaction? Because then they'll say they're no longer bound by the deal and therefore can move ahead with uh, and publicly with uh, or openly with their nuclear weapons uh, progress. You know, a lot of people believe that they're actually still progressing now. And uh, the ballistic missile test, which is a separate thing, it's not part of the JCPOA, but it's uh, there are bans, the Security Council resolutions, and we clearly see that they're progressing on their missile capacity. And spreading, uh, you know, more guidance systems, some of the things to Lebanon, and to I mean, to Hezbollah, and uh, they they were building a base in Syria, which the Russians closed down, where they were going to store missiles to reach Israel. Wow, Air India flies to Israel over uh, Saudi Arabian airspace this week. How significant is this? Well, it's the first time, and it cuts I think more than two hours off the flight, and El Al is of course. Uh, anxiously awaiting for permission for it to do it, but it's again another uh, another notch. It it is something I know for most people it would seem like uh, n- not as relevant as it as it really is. And um, you know now <clears throat> MBS uh, Mohammed Salman, the son of King Salman of Saudi Arabia, is visiting here. He's going to be in the United States for a couple of weeks, uh, trying to to a listening tour. I was told and. Also to to present their case, um, a charm offensive of sorts, but also economic and other implications. But he's, um, you know, he's clearly matured as as a leader. There are a lot of issues he has. What happens to the involvement with Yemen, this battle with Qatar, the, um, uh, but primarily it's about Iran and that unites them in Israel. You know, it's it's usually considered a courtesy that's extended, but none of the Arab countries extended to Israel. Mm-hmm. But giving Air India this right, you know, is a step forward. Taylor Force Act looks like it will finally uh, pass this week in the Senate. Will it have any practical implications? I know that officially it's supposed to uh, make sure that the PA is not able to get any aid if they continue to uh, fund the uh, families of terrorists. Will this actually happen? Yes. This is a, uh, it looks like it's going to happen now as part of the $1.3 trillion appropriate omnibus appropriations bill. And it will cut U.S. economic aid to the PA uh, of, of the 200 million in direct aid. I think 125 million will be reduced, will be cut, um, and that there will be the, the, the debate. And the reason it was delayed is that there was a fight over certain exemptions for hospitals, for vaccination programs for children, and I think water uh, waste, uh, water treatment, which Elliot Engel was pushing. So they reached a compromise on those things, and um, and. So these these cuts will be made to to because the PA is spending hundreds of millions of dollars in promoting terrorism and the murder of of the Jews of Israelis, 
and Taylor Force was not Jewish, to, to I don't think there's another government in the world that does it in this way, where they pay everybody in prison, they pay the families, they, they buy houses, they give them lifetime pensions, they pay them much more than a Palestinian policeman gets. So you, you, you earn more by going to jail than by working. And the um, you know this is this has long been in, in the works, and thank God it looks like it's coming to fruition. Right, and the the you know usually we ask how can it be enforced, but the truth is, if the money's not available, then it's certainly one of the aspects of enforcing it. And they cut it off, and, right. and and we're seeing other even some European countries and and groups have have start to cut back again over this issue, and the. Um, uh, you know the the uh, some of the countries have cut off aid to Gaza now, and the uh, you know we're going to have this march on the border uh, of Gaza. I think it's for, for Land Day, but it's it's not the first time. <laughs> but this is a massive march of people that go towards the fence. Israel has developed all sorts of methodologies, including a drone that will fly over the border and try to stop. The demonstrators before they come into a clash with Israelis, so people don't get killed. And that's the uh, that's the tear gas tear but, gas drone. But that's right; these these drones can fire tear tear gas, so that you try and stop them uh, as far away from the border as uh, as possible. And they put up barbed wire and other things, um, uh, sniper posts that uh, will be there uh, along the border. And frankly, the visual there is uh, that's right is much much better than when the Israeli soldiers have to do it. Someone's alerting me to the fact that there's a terror situation right now in Paris. I don't know what the uh, headline is. We'll try to dig it out in the next couple of minutes before we conclude our conversation. The um, the Dead Sea Scrolls, did you see that they are now the sub? They are possibly the subject of a UNESCO statement about whether they, in fact, are part of Jewish tradition or not? Yes, and a lawsuit uh, that the Palestinians brought, and this is a long-term claim that, you know, that it belongs to them. First of all, they should go after the guys who stole many of the Dead Sea Scrolls over the years and sold them on black markets, uh, Arabs who raided these sites as they continue to do against other sites. But the outrageous behavior of UNESCO and the uh, fact that it's become a platform for denying Jew- Judaism and Christianity as legitimacy uh, as you know, I've, I've been probably the most outspoken about it from the beginning on this, trying to warn people about what the implications of this are. Right. And I spoke about it this week at the World Conference. People take it too lightly. They don't understand. And there were many diplomats there as well that, that uh, I, you know, I confronted the French foreign minister once after they voted for the resolution. And I asked them, what are you going to tell your grandchildren? Ooh. When they are denied access to places holy to their tradition, to your tradition, mm. because you didn't vote against this resolution, which denies 2,000 years of Christian history, let alone 3,800 years of Jewish history. Unbelievable. And he turned to me and he said, I have to think about that. Yeah, he certainly does. But the problem is that they're still all supporting these these outrageous resolutions, and um, I hope that uh, that some of it can be reversed. But people dismiss it; they don't take it seriously. As you know, how long, how many times I've spoken uh, about it uh, in, in about this on your show, and uh, that the UN is still a hotbed of bias against uh, Jews, against Israel, and that the statements are made there, things are done there that they would never tolerate. 
in regard to other countries. And having Human Rights Council continue their one-sided slams against Israel. You know, we, there's a group here called the Good, uh, talking about the Good Neighbor Program of the thousands and thousands of Syrians that Israel treated in their hospitals, but even more, the continuing program that Israel building two clinics in Syria that they that they sent hundreds and hundreds of tons. I mean, 360. Uh, tons of food into into Syria in, in 2016-17. And it's an ongoing program. The um, mountains of clothes, of other things, and how they're treating people inside Syria, um, along the border areas, uh, people who, who hate Israel, see Israel as the great devil, who, who talk about it as the Satan, and their lives are being saved. I haven't seen one UN resolution about that. <laughs> And, you know, it's it's just, and then they condemn Israel when, when look what, what Hamas is doing to their own people. Look what Abbas and, and Hamas fighting each other in, in Gaza when the people are, are suffering because of it. And Abbas is talking about more sanctions against them because of the political fight between them. And, and the world condemns Israel, which is opening the border, letting food in, helping. It, it's, it is so outrageous, and it shows the irrationality of this hatred but the consequences remain serious. And when we sit down to the Seder, we have to remember that hatred and how it... That's right. A man holding hostages in a supermarket in southwestern France has claimed allegiance to Islamic State. Europe One Radio also said an individual was holding hostages in the supermarket. The mayor of the town where the hostage taker held several people in the supermarket told LCI-TV the man entered the shop screaming, Aluhu Akbar, I'll kill you all. Uh, t- uh, the news said the uh, hostage taker was now alone with one police officer in the supermarket. All other hostages have been freed, and there were uh, two victims at the supermarket. Earlier, France's interior minister had said security officials were carrying out an operation in a supermarket in the town of Tribis in southern France, but gave no details. This is from the Jerusalem Post, and apparently there are victims in this attack. And uh, what is there to say? As Based on what you just told us, none of this is a surprise. And that is the latest news. Uh, I thank you. We wish you a Chag Kasher V'Sameach. Look forward to speaking to you when you're in Eastern Europe on the 13th of April. And I thank you very much. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you. Chag Kasher V'Sameach to everyone. And talk to your families at the Seder about the contemporary relevance. It's like the the Mitzvah of Megillah Sesta, that if you don't think about it in its contemporary context, not just the historic document, when we talk about the, the Seder has so many lessons for us about today and about the anti-Semitism, about what the importance of internal unity and external unity is, and the steps that we have to take. That that Paro was the first BDSer when he said, Hava Nisrach Malone. He didn't say the Jews did anything wrong. He just said, we have to deal shrewdly with them. They're growing. They're contributing. Learn the lessons. The first BDSer. That's a great one. Thank you, Malcolm. Have a wonderful Shabbos. There he is, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of major American Jewish organizations. Circle your calendar. Friday, the 13th of April, will be our next weekly update. Malcolm planning on being in Eastern Europe on his way from March to the Living to Jerusalem. Israel 70 is 26 days away. Memorial Day, 25 days away. As you remember those who have given their lives, uh, life and limb, frankly, uh, for the uh, state of Israel over these 70-plus years, all the years before the founding of the state, as well. Erev Shabbos Parsha Sav. It is Erev Shabbos Hagadol. Candle lighting in New York, 651. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos. With great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey. 
to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. And uh, tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Tzav. According to the Chinuch, there are 18 mitzvos in Parshas Tzav. But this Shabbos has a character which is unique to itself. It's the Shabbos that is known as Shabbos HaGadol, the Shabbos before Pesach. Several reasons quickly why it's called Shabbos HaGadol is because of the several miracles which happened on this day. Moshe said to Paro, one more plague, and then we're out of here, called Makas Pachoros, when the firstborn of Egypt heard and saw that all the other plagues that Moshe had predicted had come true, understandably, they were exceedingly nervous. So they petitioned Paro to let the Jewish people go. Paro refused, and there was a civil war on that day, namely the Shabbos before we left Egypt. On the year that we left Egypt, we left on a Thursday. On the prior Shabbos, there was a civil war, and that which we say in the Halil HaGadol, Lamake Mitzrayim Bivchorehem, that God literally smote, hit the Egyptians through their own, namely the civil war. Secondly, this was the day that we designated the Paschal Lamb, the Korban Pesach, and we tied it to our bedposts, and the Lamb made the appropriate sounds, not happy to be confined, the yelling of the Lamb, and the Egyptians asked the Jew, what are you going to do with this? Now we know that the Egyptians worshipped the land, Lamb, and therefore our uh, rejection of their deity, their God, and our being able to tell them, we're going to destroy and kill your God, and they could not retaliate, that was a miracle. And finally, the Haftorah for this Shabbos, the Shabbos before Pesach, comes from the last Navi, the last prophet that the Jewish people had, namely Malachi, and he promises... Strong word, that God is going to send before the great day of the arrival of Moshiach. It's a Shabbos which puts us very much in the redemptive mode of the forthcoming Yom Tov of Pesach. Traditionally, in all communities, the rabbi gives a what is known as a Shabbos HaGadol Drasha, usually focusing and should focus on a summary of the laws of Pesach, reminding people in terms of kashering, which kalim can be kashered, which kalim should not be kashered, going through different parts of the Seder, and therefore preparing persons everybody for the forthcoming Yom Tov. And usually a halachic topic is taken, and I'd like to discuss with you the following. 
there are two biblical mitzvos that are unique to the night, the night of Pesach. And they are, there's a biblical mitzvah to eat matzah, and there is a biblical mitzvah of Sipur Yitzias Mitzrayim, to tell over the story which we call the Haggadah, stemming from the Pasuk, Vigadatola Bincha. And I'd like to ask a very simple question. Why is there no bracha on Magid, no bracha on the mitzvah of Sipur Yitzias Mitzrayim? So the Avudraham asks this question, and he answers, as uh, does the Rashbah, that in reality there is no limit to, or there's no exactitude to this mitzvah, and perhaps just in his davening Mayriv, where he said the bracha of Ga'al Yisrael, just in the recitation of Kiddush, where he mentioned Zechel Etzias Mitzrayim, that in of itself could be a fulfillment of this mitzvah. The Chavos Da'as, in his Haggadah Masanisim, says, wait a minute, tonight it's not sufficient to do what we do all year long, which is Zechiras Yitzias Mitzrayim, remembering tonight there has to be Sipur, and Sipur includes the concept of, number one, explaining the mitzvos, Pesach, Matzah, and Moror. Number two, it's to be done with question and answers by telling others. And the, the and therefore, one cannot satisfy their obligation, uh, asks the Masanisim Haggadah with simply the three words of Zechel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim or the bracha of Ga'al Yisrael. And therefore, what is his, his response? Why we don't have a bracha on Sipu uh, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? He says very sharply that wherever the bracha is found as part of the mitzvah, such as Birkas HaMazon, there's a biblical mitzvah to recite Birkas HaMazon after one finishes eating. Now, there's no bracha on a bracha. Since the bracha or mitzvah of Birkas HaMazon is couched in brachos, Hazon Esakol, Mazon, so similarly, as there is no bracha, Vitzivonu Levarech, Ala Mazon, there, the bracha within the Magid is that of Asher Go'olanu. So once there is a bracha as part of the mitzvah, you don't say another bracha before you do the mitzvah. The Me'iri, interestingly, in his commentary on the Gemara and brachos, Yud Beis Amid Beis, says that in reality we satisfy our bracha with the bracha of Emesve Omuna that we say at night time. But he does say that there were those that made a bracha, but that is clearly a an opinion which has not been accepted today. The Chassam Sofer in his Drushos 
has a very beautiful point. He asks, okay, Asher Ga'olanu is the bracha, but we know that on all mitzvos, the bracha is recited over la siyasan, which means before we do the act. Why is the bracha here said at the end? And his answer is most profound. He says that, what do we say in the Haggadah? Bechol dor v'dor, in every generation, you're obligated to look upon yourself as if you left Egypt. Tonight, the night of the Pesach Seder, there is an incredible transformation which is happening in the individual. You were once an Eved. You were once a non-Jew. And just as the non-Jew, when they are literally prepared to become the Jew, culminating their Geirus process of conversion, they're in the mikvah. They cannot make the bracha alat fila before they immerse because they're not yet Jewish. They go down, then they make the bracha. Ah, similarly, we can't make the bracha till the end when after Hashem has taken us out, literally, not just symbolically, but and not just historically, literally each one of us, then we're able to uh, recite the bracha afterwards of Ga'al Yisrael. And interestingly, he adds that this might be why we start the Seder by breaking the, the matzah. And what do we do? Listen carefully. We don't say, obviously, at that time, the motzi. We know that you're to make a bracha al hasholem. Here, we don't have a sholem to show that we were at that point in Egypt, not yet Jewish, and therefore we do an act which reflects that state of prior to becoming a Jew. And once again, we have the interesting comment in the Haggadah Shal Pesach from the Zichron Neflaos, who was the son-in-law of the Chavos Das, and he says that you only make a bracha on a mitzvah, which is bima'aseh, which is literally where you do an action, shake the lulah, blow the shofar, etc., but not on a mitzvah, where the entire mitzvah is simply ba'amira and dibur. And let me just say one two other very quick points, and that is as follows, that you don't make a bracha, says the Rabbi Rucham Perlo, citing the rush, that you don't make a bracha on a mitzvah, which is toloi ba'acherim, dependent on others. And here, it's kiyesholcha bincha. Here, it's the Gadatola Bincha. And he says very strongly that according to the Rush, the mitzvah is only if you are with another one and you're communicating to another one who's willing to listen, etc. But a person, Loalenu, who's making a Seder by himself, of course he's going to say the Haggadah. But according to the Rush, it's only a mitzvah dira banon at such a point. Now, finally, there is that opinion, well, not just finally, one or two more. Why don't we make a bracha? So the an answer very beautifully is that if you're going to make a bracha, that, like the Rokeach says, okay, that we make a bracha vitzivanu, 
and Asher Kitshonu B'mitzvosav, that God separated us, not just sanctified us, but from other people. And therefore, what's happening is that we are different when we shake a lulav. We are different when we uh, eat the matzah. But to say thank you, oh my goodness, if you have to tell somebody to say thank you, that diminishes from the thank you. And therefore, but we, same way as Rabbi Haigon says, that we don't make a bracha on the halal at the Seder, because at that point it is spontaneous, and so too we don't make a bracha on Sipri Yetzias Mitzrayim, right, says Rabbi Shlomo Kluva, because it has to come instinctively from the individual. Interestingly, let me tell you that the Imre Emes, the Ger Rebbe, what he uh, did was when he made the bracha in shul on the mitzvah, on the recitation of Halil, a share kitshon of the mitzvah, as many people have the practice of saying Halil in shul, Likro is a halil. At that point there, he had in mind the mitzvah of Sipri Yetzias Mitzrayim, which is also a form of halil. I just want to conclude with the idea that the night of the Pesach Seder is, quote, transformative. Many reasons are given for the kittel. We ate the korban with a white gown. And we have the nirtzah saying that we ask Hashem that the Seder should be accepted as if it was a karbon. But I'd like to suggest that the Kittel is reminding us of Yom Kippur, Lifnei Hashem. And just as on the Yom Kippur experience, the Jew goes through an incredible, transformative experience, that's what the Pesach Seder, is ideally to be. And just as the two positive mitzvahs, which have kores, which are Mila and Pesach, Mila gives the baby the opportunity to absorb and accept Torah and to one become closer, it's bris kodesh, closer to Hashem, so too Pesach is that mitzvah's assay. And well, we don't have the Korban Pesach today, we do have the Pesach Seder, and this very special evening is to have that kind of transformative effect upon us that Baruch Hashem, just as we experienced the Geula in the past, the night of the Pesach Seder promises us that the Geula is going to come in the future. Shabbat Shalom to all. Manishtana alayla ze Mikol alelot Mikol alelot Shebechol alelot Anu ochlim Chamed 
הזה כולו מטה, שבכל הלילות אנו אוכלים שיער ירקות, שיער ירקות. הלילה הזה, הלילה הזה, כולו מרור. הלילה הזה, הלילה הזה, כולו מרור. שבכל הלילות אין אנו מטבילים אפילו פעם אחת, אפילו פעם אחת. הלילה הזה, הלילה הזה, שתי פעמים. הלילה הזה, הלילה הזה, שתי פעמים. שבכל הלילות אנו אוכלים. בין יושבין ובין מסובין, בין יושבין ובין מסובין. הלילה הזה, הלילה הזה, כולנו מסובין. הלילה הזה, הלילה הזה, כולנו מסובין. Better 
in the AM. Oh, is that a good one? Nishmas Kolcha, Yehuda Green here at JM in the AM. Before that, the Manish Tana Pesach Songs album at 14 minutes before 9 o'clock. It's Friday. It's JM in the AM. Candlelighting 651 in New York. Erev Shabbos HaGadol, Erev Shabbos Parshas Tzav. Big hello to everybody out there around the world who's tuned in. I thank you very, very much. Um... Coming up right after JM in the AM, table for two. Naomi Nachman will have author Adina Sussman and Shifra Klein of Joy of Kosher 
with her on Table for Two today. Then the Erev Shabbos show, uh, sponsored by our wonderful friends at Kedem. Then the Erev Shabbos music mix, sponsored by our wonderful friends at Kedem. That's all happening tomorrow night at Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami. That'll start at 9 o'clock. We'll feature Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. And the Sunday, JM Sunday with Matis, um, will happen starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time. I thank Matis Yao, of course. Very dedicated to making sure we have live programming Sunday morning, and it's much appreciated, to say the least. So that's uh, that's the story with uh, your weekend programming, and I certainly hope you'll tune in, feel uh, part of the action all through the all through the weekend. Monday is a big day. Monday's a big day here at JM in the AM. Monday, it's going to be the uh, Erev Pesach show. That's right. Once we do this show, as far as I'm concerned, it's Erev Pesach. It's the Pesach product uh, a program. All your questions this coming Monday with our full panel. Rabbi Yoel Schoenfeld, Rabbi Ellie Gersten, both of the OU. Ronnie and Larry Birnbaum of J Drugs. Uh, Jay Booksbaum of Kedem Wine. They'll all be together in this studio in New York City this coming Monday, starting at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time. We'll take your questions. We're more than willing to take your questions by uh, by text. Well, I shouldn't say by text. By email at nachum at nachumsegel.com. Nachum, N-A-C-H-U-M, at nachumsegel, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L.com. Uh, we'll be more than happy to take your uh, your questions. You can send that to us. To, you can send those to us over the weekend at that email address. We'll also take uh, through the app. We'll take through Facebook Live. It'll be a full production on Monday. Make sure you're part of it, everybody. Make sure you are. Uh, make sure you're part of it. You know, it's so funny. I see Moshe Karish just posted on our app. Mazel Tov. I thought of him the other day. Mazel tov to uh, Alyssa and Moshe Karish. He says it snowed the other day. Nachum could have told all the listeners about the weather forecast. Who gets married in March? The the funny part of that whole story is, I believe, I believe, and I was thinking about this as the snow was falling the other day. I believe that there were members of the family of the uh, Chef and Karish families that specifically asked for the wedding to be in late March so there wouldn't be any snow, and then of course. On the day of the wedding, they had a snowstorm even worse than the one we had here this week. So, yes, happy anniversary, Alyssa and Moshe, from all of us here at uh, JM and the AM. Glenn tells us that the Taylor Force Act did, in fact, uh, get passed as part of the spending bill last night by the Senate. Yes, that is uh, that is correct. We didn't know about it. I didn't see that until after the uh, conversation this morning. But, yes, I thank you for that. And uh, I want to thank everybody who's been commenting on the app. It's much appreciated. Ten minutes before 9 o'clock, you're listening to JM in the AM, and this is Yaakov Shweki. Yeah. 
J.M. in the A.M. Boy, that's exciting. Great song from uh, Yaakov Shweki. All right, Pesach Products program is Monday. Make sure to be tuned in. It's one of the most popular shows of the year, and that's no exaggeration. All your questions will be answered. Oh, that's that's so that's such an impo- that's such a wrong statement to say. <laughs> Not all your questions will be answered, but but certainly the majority of your questions will be answered. You can email them now. To Nahum at NahumSiegel.com. You could utilize the app. Uh, you use you could utilize the app comment section to um, to uh, post questions. You could use Facebook Live, the comment section to post questions. 
and you could utilize uh, our telephone line. We're going to open up our telephone line at 212-529-4620, starting at 7.30 Eastern Time Monday morning. You could use that line to ask questions as well. So, Our full panel will be here, OU, J Drugs, Kedem, they'll all be in studio. Very much looking forward to it, Bez Ratashem. Time to say good Shabbos, journeys on an era of Shabbos Hagadol at JM in the AM.
Achenu Yisrael and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com. On the NachumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Pretty amazing that we have our Pesach Products program right around the corner on Monday morning here at JM in the AM. Make sure to be tuned in as we open up the phone lines, as we uh, ask you to comment and ask questions on the app, as we ask you to comment and ask questions on Facebook Live, um, and as we ask you to uh, send in emails <clears throat> with your questions for Monday's panel. Pesach Products Program, JM in the AM. This coming Monday, we'll start at 730 you can email over the weekend or your questions to nachum at nachumsegel.com, nachum, N-A-C-H-U-M, at nachumsegel, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L.com. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend. Naomi Nachman next with Table for Two, then Mark Zamek and the Arab Shabbos Show presented by Kedem, and plenty more all through the weekend, of course, on the Nachum Siegel Network. Have a great Shabbos. Wonderful weekend. Till Monday, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, Live the present and trust the future.